So is this the part where a bunch of smart-ass Leaf fans start busting my chops? Yes. Uh, Get out of here, you fucking losers. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) The most vocal group of critics I've had in the last 24 hours have been Leaf fans for God's sake. That's right. Get out of the playoffs. You dicks. (laughs) Welcome to the club. Tired of you. If I was was being particularly... Um, uh, savage about it I would pull the clips of you uh, last time we recorded saying you know the last time I got a feeling like this about the Bruins they won the cup and I got a feeling boys I got a feeling (laughs) (laughs) can you put that the intro to this episode (laughs) yeah I must have been drunk must have been drunk Black Sheep Radio with Ben McVie, Mark LeFave, and Chris Brown. Join the conversation at BSR Podcast on Facebook and at Radio underscore Sheep on Instagram and Twitter. That was painful to watch. I, I have never, <laughs> I, I, I tell you, the, the second most, the second most thing, uh, certain thing I've been of in this entire playoffs. Uh, first, I was certain that I, I had a feeling, but second most was that they were never going to win that game last night. <laughs> I just it's, when they lost Game Five, I'm like, oh shit, they're they're done, they're they're finished, it's yeah, it over. Was, it was a tough one. Now I have a question for you because you said some you said sometimes when you watch the Bruins, what you would do is uh, you would go to bed with the hopes that when yeah. you woke up they had been victorious. Did you go to bed last night or did you watch that shit show right to the end? <laughs> game okay, yeah. so Game Five, uh, Game Five when it went to five two. I, uh, because my, my nephew is an Islanders fan, right? So I texted Weird. and said, to hell with this. I, I Who's said, an I Islanders fan? Yeah. My fuck? nephew. I, I don't know. <laughs> Seven, <laughs> 30, you know I'm I really like Casey Sezekis. I'm a huge Sezekis I don't know. Fan. Listen, let, let this Weird. be a lesson. Kids got a story. You, 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 tr- <laughs> you try meth, you try meth once and look what happens, right? So, <laughs> I, I texted him at five, two in game five. I said, the hell with this nephew. I'm going to bed. Good night. We'll see you in game six. I didn't, I didn't go to bed. No, you are. Like, okay, well, let, let's let's stick around and see what happens. Yeah. So five three, and then five four, and I had to work early the next day. Uh, they still lost last night. I would have felt more comfortable going to bed before the game even started. They had no <laughs> chance last night, and I knew it. I knew it. They they were gassed. They were done. Yeah. They were injured, they and old. they just they, they, they did. They yeah. did for the first time. They did. They look old. They outplayed the Islanders for the majority of that series, but the Islanders had an answer for everything, and I wish them nothing but the best of luck. Yeah. Well, you know what really bugs me about the Islanders, and this, if you go back to when the Leafs started to rebuild the team, they had Shanahan and they had Lou Lamorello in their park, and then they said. Uh, we're done with you, Lou. So he goes to <laughs> <laughs> he goes to Long Island and rebuilds a team that is going to the uh, going to the semifinals for the second year in a row. Yeah, just, and it just, hurts as a Leaf fan. So the, Lou has been laughing at Kyle Dubas. You little shit. Yeah, note this. Oh, yeah. Note this as well. At the end of the game last night, the you know how all the teams have their like song that they play their victory song. That Calgary plays like Ring of Fire and stuff like that. The Islanders. Yep played the Leafs winning song last night. You make my dreams come true? Yes, they did. So it was they were, they were wondering if oh. the 78-year-old Lou Lamorello was throwing shade at his former team. No but, kidding. Uh, yeah. Hey, I re- 
every time the Lease would go back to play, every time the Lease would go back to play in New England, uh, in Long Island uh, against the Islanders, uh, when Tavares hits the ice. There's a chorus of "We don't need yeah. you," and it's like, "Ooh, that's gotta hurt, man. Yeah. That's gotta that's, hurt." That's he savage. was their he was their hero. I mean, he was their guy, yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's like, "Yeah, we don't need you." <laughs> Those fans are uh, there's something else though. Holy, that building they're, is they're hopping. Great. <laughs> that's exciting. Right, yeah. It's it's slow. It's. It's yeah. slowly getting the respect that it's deserved for a fucking decade. To be honest, like yeah. that that team, even the playoffs, like they don't sell. The, the 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 one thing that drives me crazy about a lot of these Canadian teams, obviously, there's nobody in the building now, but there were issues before COVID. With I remember Ottawa having a hard time selling out and all of that, and and, and a couple other teams having like really low energy playoff <laughs> performing, um, playoff performing things. I one one thing is with the crowd. You know, it seems like these American franchises, at least the fans, are taking up the fervor of hockey more now than they ever have. To well, you, Nashville, Vegas, all these places yeah. where you thought when they, when teams went there, you thought, oh, geez, hockey in the South, it'll never work. Look at Vegas. Look at Carolina. Look at Tampa's crowd. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's impressive. Yeah. It's impressive. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure if hockey is seen as one step above roller derby down there. Therefore, it attracts that type of a fan. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's that, but I do. But I wow. do know, uh, you know, well, yeah, I mean, the people in Nashville, I mean, you know, and in Columbus, they had to, they had to use tricks and games to get to, to get people in. They've dropped a team in the middle of the desert in Las Vegas. Do you think there's a ton of hockey fans in Vegas? No, they had to kind of sell something. They had to sell the yeah. show. People yeah. walked in there for the first season. They didn't know what they were watching. They learned. And what they did is they brought that American sensibility of participating and supporting your hockey team. When you go to Toronto and you see the Leafs play and they come out for the second period and even worse for the third period, if you look at the lower stands, nobody's sitting there. They're still cleaning up their bar tab underneath in the platinum yeah. section. Those aren't fans. When you go to see Buffalo, you go to Buffalo, those guys are paying out of their pockets. It's no corporate write-off or anything. Those guys, you know, wrote their check for eight grand for their season tickets, and they're going to have as much fun and yell and scream and drink beer and eat chicken wings as much as they possibly can when they go to a yeah, hockey game. For a fraction People of the price. Toronto, yeah, for a, a fraction of the yeah, price. A friend yeah. of mine, I got, I got taken to a Leafs game one time. This goes back about three years ago. This is when things still were not working out, and the Leafs are still kind of sorting like things year. out. And the and the crowd is the crowd is like you know there's a there's a flurry in front of the net and it's like geez you know I heard more noise at my kids oh, yeah. peewee game than this. They say that uh, they were playing the Hawks and my buddy is a big Hawks fan. They say you know what they call uh, the Scotia Bank Center or the ACC the, the opposing teams they call it the library. Nice because nice. it's as quiet as a library and yeah. it's like yeah. you know it's it it doesn't mean that Leaf fans are less. And that they're more in Buffalo. It's just they they just different. No, it just means that the fans, quote unquote fans, can't afford to go see their team. Yeah, in right. Well, have you ever? Hey, listen, have you ever been to? Uh, listen, sorry, I, I was just gonna say, have you ever been to? Have you ever been? To, I'm sure you guys have been to a Jays game. Like, oh, it's yeah. it's not. <laughs> I'll say it's almost the same there, and the reason for that is because it, I agree, it's like a library because there's so many fucking librarians. 
telling you to be quiet. If you go to a Jays game and you chirp players too loud, the people beside you or the, um, I mean, people that are letting people in the aisle, the ushers, they'll, they'll tell you to be quiet. Same with that a Leafs game. They'll tell you to be quiet. There's no bang. There's no banging yeah. on the glass at the ACC. You never see anybody banging on the glass at the ACC. You look at, you look at games at Washington, enjoy. the fucking glass is shaking back yeah. and forth. And this, <laughs> this is what I enjoy about James, Jays games when they're really bad. You'll, you'll go down to the first bowl and you'll get <laughs> shit from some guy, you know, who's got his season tickets. Right. But then you break the news to him that actually I paid for the seats up in the 500s. It's just that all these seats here were empty. So <laughs> yeah. I thought I'd go These 15,000 seats were <laughs> empty. So I figured uh, I'll just make my way downstairs. So. <laughs> what? So you. Yeah. Do you want this to look good on TV or not? <laughs> <laughs> Good God. One of the big, I mean, Ben, did you, was there anything you wanted to talk about the Bruins? Oh, they're dead. Like specifically? No, did you have any no, thoughts on over. it or do you want to just move on as fast no, as possible? No, no. I'll, I'll say I, the, the, the Bruins are, uh, they are, they have been, I, I've been thinking about this. Over the last 10 years, Brooding. would I rather be, would I rather, yeah, they're a contender every year. 10, 15 years, they're a contender every year. And I'll take that. Now, I'll, t- I'll take going to the yeah, second, third sure, round every too. year. I'll take three finals appearances in 10 years. I'll take that all Here. day long. Yeah. There's there's one thing about the Bruins is that they're always contenders and they're always in it, and you're in it as well, too. One yeah. thing that the Leafs can always guarantee you oh, is that you'll be disappointed. Horribly. You'll be disappointed. Horribly. Yeah. You just get ready for it. They're you, so good you at can, finding you can, ways, too. This year you was can special. Up, it's always different. You can be up three worse. games to one. You can be up three games to one, and you can still blow it and disappoint your fans. It's, it's, yeah. it, it's the, uh, only the only question I have about that so just, uh, is when your team gets eliminated, do you first of all do you watch any more at all? And B, do you is no. there like a team that you? Yeah. I, I kind of take the approach that I'm, <laughs> except for when Boston's done it to them, I'm going to cheer for the team that's beat Toronto mm-hmm. because then I think if Toronto had to just beat them, they could have won it all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you think I'm going to cheer for the Habs? They're, no the they're the only yeah. Canadians no team left. Way. I have to cheer for the I don't buy. I don't buy that. No, I like. I don't I like, buy that I either. Yeah. So, um, so, so I don't know. Some years, uh, some years I'll continue to watch. This one I won't because I really did think it was going to be a deep mm-hmm. run for them, and I'm 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 pissed. I'm pissed at hockey right now. So I I, I don't want to watch. Hockey, you're dead yeah, to me. I, I don't know what that feels like. It's not that's not the case every year, but this year, nah, yeah. fuck you, hockey. You know, I, I remember I remember when Leafs exited early and I, I stopped watching and then I thought, you know what, I I should, you know, as a Canadian, as a good big hockey fan, I should actually watch it. And it was the year that the St. Louis Blues won the Stanley Cup and that was the most entertaining series I can remember in a oh, long, yeah. long time. It was a Ooh, lot yeah. of fun. Who'd they be? Mm-hmm. Shit, yeah, yeah. Was it no, and, 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 and one more, th- the only other thing I'll add is that the whole series I was bitching about the fact and, and I think somewhat rightfully so, that the Islanders are a boring, dead puck, neutral zone trap, 1990s New Jersey Devils type team. But last night, they showed that they're an exciting, talented, deep team. They're a good team. So I wish wish them luck. I don't think they're going to beat Tampa Bay, but I do think they're going to give them a much better run than the Bruins would have if they'd have won the series. I do. Okay. Yep. Fair enough. 
Did you guys see Fair the uh, CN oh. Tower lit up with the, the, the colors of the Montreal Canadiens? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Toronto, would you allow that to happen? One more insult. What did I? What did I? Uh, it's it's the Habs fan that called them Canada's team. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, and nope. and Canada's hope. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Just no. Way. Nope. I I wish them well, and they have earned it. They have definitely earned it. There's I can't argue that they've you been think, playing great do you hockey. Think the person that nope. made that decision still is employed by <laughs> CN Power Corp. Or whoever, or whoever, whoever does that. I think at the, I think that, I think that person was always employed by uh, the Montreal Canadiens. Only, only, maybe they are Canada's team. Maybe they, maybe they are Canada's team because only in Canada would you root for a team from a province that doesn't want to be a part of the country. Exactly. Right. Fair. Well. The BQ is our official opposition. <laughs> Yay, Canada. Knock off, Montreal. Get out of my tower, you bastards. Get out of here. Get off my tower. It smells like darts in there now. Do you think if the – so let's turn the table here. Do you think Do you think if the Leafs – if the Leafs went to the Stanley Cup playoffs – if the Leafs went to the Stanley Cup finals, do you think that they would have the House of Parliament in Quebec City uh, lit up a blue and white? No Canada's team. They go, no chance. No, not a chance. It's us no or nobody at all. All right. That's right. The only, the, like the the only thing that I would say is is that that, that the Montreal Canadiens fans would concede. Like you'd see Justin Trudeau, he would congratulate the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't even think that because he's a he's a serious Montreal Canadiens fan. But the thing is, he's also like he'll just pretty much do whatever. You know, he needs yeah. he'll say whatever he needs to say to to get people to like him. And even him, right. even him. He'd like come. He'd come at that with a little bit of a caveat um, and saying like, "Oh, you know, the Montreal Canadiens should have won." Like he can't even. He wouldn't even be able to get out a whole sentence congratulating the Toronto Maple Leafs on winning or making to the finals without inserting the Canadians. So I don't if know. the Bruins it's a crazy rivalry to be sleeping. If the on. Bruins would have won the cup, Trudeau would be saying, "Hey, remember that <laughs> Kingston show? I was there." Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Gord, Gord was a Bruins sure. fan. Therefore, yeah. I am. That would be. That would be Justin. For sure. That would be Justin. <laughs> so what else? Yeah. Now that all of our hockey teams yeah. are dead, what else is new? Sadness and <laughs> the beautiful, the beautiful weather. Yeah, filling it's filling the void. Just filling the void is what of of having to watch three games. I used to watch three games of hockey every night. It was amazing. I loved it. It was, mm. it was sometimes four. That's a lot of hockey. It's crazy weeks for people even doing five games yeah. in a week. It was a lot of hockey. I just don't know what should, to do with my You should my be an analyst now, at this though. point. You know what I mean? Like, you're, watching. Like, you're like Sid Sixero. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. More <laughs> like I should be analyzed. I think I should, I think I should like be hooked up to some machinery and people see how, how bad of an effect... Because like like I was saying, I don't want to keep talking about the Leafs because we should probably move on eventually. But that was that was a pretty spectacular loss. That was that was some traumatic shit, um, and it, it it happened over the yeah. course of three days. It was like I don't know what you compl- I, it, it it would be like I don't know fucking 
just getting noogied by somebody double your size. And, There's and, nothing and, you can do about it. And then wedgies. No, by somebody. No, it would be like noogied by yeah. somebody half your size. A girl half your size. Half your size. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> My mistake. That that's exactly way. That's way better. With, with, with the mention of Gord, though, I, I I know I'm a hip fan. Did anyone catch the uh, I saw highlights the of Juno's, it. That was nice. Yes, uh, performance, Polly. Polly, what do so, you think? Well, I thought it was unbelievable. Um, I'm going to talk about the hip a little bit. Um, so they were up for a. Um, uh, an award for jeez, uh, I can't remember the name of the award. The it was, humanitarian you know, award. Humanitarian award for all the great things they've done for Canadians and groups and in, in, in across the country. And it uh, it started with Getty and Alex, who have always professed their love for the hip. And in fact, if you ask them who is Canada's band, they would say it's the Tragical Hip. It's not them. They are that humble, you know. Um, and it took place in Massey Hall the currently under-renovated Massey Hall, and they set up a stage in the, on the floor, and it was pretty spectacular to see the old hall. And they were introduced by Gordon Effen Lightfoot, which was know, right? awesome. Yeah. Now, Lightfoot, I have an inside line on this. Well, he actually alluded to it. Lightfoot is going to open up the refurbished Massey Hall probably this fall if they get all their ducks in a row. And then Feist joins them on stage to sing, um, it's a good life if you uh, don't weaken. And um, nailed it. Just, I was weeping by the end of it, you know. I, I mean, she's covered them before. She's been good friends. She did a great version of Flamenco years ago for all you hip fans. Um, and and you know what was great? It was it was like you could just feel it coming back again. What was great about this band, which we haven't heard in years, and it's just one song, just those guitars, the way they were just weaving in. It was just like, oh, man, this is really magic, and it's on my TV tonight. And I thought, and, and, and Vice just kind of fit right into the pocket, and then it's over, and then it's done. But I thought that was glorious, you know what I mean? So I, they have a new release out called Saskadelphia, and it is uh, leftover tracks they found in the vault. They literally, they knew they had these extra songs when they recorded the Road Apples album, but, you know, I ignored them. You know, they've been busy. And they finally got around to doing some investigative work. And over the last two years, they found a batch of these songs. And they, um, there is like six songs in the batch, one live and five studio recordings. And if you listen to them, like they're just alive. It's just, here's this young, hungry band that are, you know, trying to prove something. And not every song is a home run, but boy, Gord's voice, it's really, really fun to watch or to hear, you know? Yeah. Um, they did some interviews. It's yeah, the ahead. vocals. The but no, just I. I just wanted to say it's it's the vocals and um, it's Rob Baker's guitar that let you know that this is a young, fresh hit. It just oh, yeah. and, and it's a subtle reminder of where they were and where they were at the end and where they were back then. And it's two different sounding bands. It really is. But it's a reminder of how they evolved too. I I, I loved it. I, I absolutely I love the I love the Juno's performance and uh, I this Saskadelphia. I've had it on a few times now, and it's really it's it's not that it's had to grow on me. It had me uh, from the get go. I just it, because of that because of the age of it, 
and because it's like hearing an old band new again, you know? Right, exactly. Um, the last song on the record, just to, for those of you who are hip fans, and this is the only sidebar I'm going to do in this thing because we're really going deep on it on deep tracks here, but mm. the last song is called Reformed Baptist Blues. And it's a real kicker of a song. And apparently it was a song that they did in their very earliest days before the first EP came out. And then when they started writing other songs, they put that one on the shelf and they haven't performed it hardly ever. And here it is. And it's just great. Uh, Now, I will say something that's really interesting. I, I listened to an interview with the band with Tom Power of the CBC, and it was really sad. They Those guys are messed up, particularly Rob Baker and Paul Langlois. They have had trouble dealing with the loss of Gord and... And the way their friendships, even though they're still pals and they're busy doing stuff, as Rob Baker put it very simply, I lost my job. After Kingston, I lost my job. And if you've ever been in a band, you know that how important that connection is to make music and to be with these people. And and all of a sudden, that's gone. And so many of these guys just didn't know how to handle it. They were you know? they were together for a really long time. Long Thirty years. Time. They 30 years, toured a decades. lot. They recorded a lot of albums. How many albums did they put together? Uh, Any idea? Fifteen. I'm going to guess. Right. Off the top so of my head, yeah, studio albums at fourteen, fifteen. Yeah. Like I, I was, I was watching some of those interviews that you that you guys are talking about too, like the the CBC interviews, and it's like, you know, you get that. Like, what the fuck do you do after after? Gord, like, how do you even move on? Like, this guy, his whole life was consumed by music. You know what I mean? Like, probably, like, his whole, like, he probably his his sleep is all messed up. Every element, he's an older dude. You know, it's it's that's just a tough thing to just have end all of all of uh, out of well, then the the naive answer is that you find somebody else to work with and you do something different. You do something new. Imagine if Dave Grohl after Nirvana was just like, I just I can't it back together you know what i mean like you have to you know pull your socks up and have it you know they're great musicians paul paul langlois always had paul langlois always had this yeah paul has always had this solo thing on the side and it's okay and um rob baker has always had the strippers union with the dude from the odds and that's fine it's not great though and i let's not under let's not lose sight of the fact that playing with the tragically hip they were five great musicians and a lyricist and a singer and that in itself is exciting you can't replace yeah. that with the strippers union it's just not the same jam you know it's just it's interesting, not the same. It's interesting so, that that like life yeah. after life yeah, after agreed. music almost because you I mean you hear about it a lot in sports where it's like you know, i mean these athletes after 10 year career or 15 year career like what do i do with the rest of my life <laughs> you know i mean i've kind of made all my money in, the, in this short period of time now what do i do you know you don't think about it with musicians but it, it is uh, it is something that they have to go through as well because not everyone lasts forever mm-hmm. yeah well i do think that, that that was the first the junos thing was the first opportunity for hip fans to empathize with every other guy in the band except Gord. It was the first time for fans to tune mm, in and right. go, wow, what about these other guys? Like, sure. holy shit, sure. Now, Very Gord's true. gone. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? But what, what about these other guys who were every bit as instrumental in that band, really, when you think about it? Right. Because not just not just from a musical perspective, because, I mean, you know, in live performances, Gord was the tragically hip. But 
uh, for their longevity and for the music they made and for the music they wrote and just the camaraderie that came with that band. That wasn't just Gord. That that was the yeah. other four guys in the band who, who, by the way, carried the load of being second fiddle, of being, being yeah, okay there's Gord and here's the rest of us. So here's a chance. Yeah, here, yeah and and being okay with it. Here's a chance for the rest of uh, for every for every hip fan to go. Oh, there's those other guys too. Like for we can sure. finally we can think about them and how good it is to see them again together and how much, especially Rob Baker, seeing his face while they, while he's playing and and just. Rejoicing in that and going, wow, he looks so happy to be back doing this yep. again, even if it's only a one-off. It, it just, yep. it really resonated with me. It really did. It was, it was magic. It yeah, really it was. was. It one, really yeah. was. One thing I yeah. will say about the band, um, you know, uh, Gore Downey had a lot of solo songs too. He had, a, he had a right. lot of solo work that he did. Yeah, what happened uh, there? That's what like I'm fr- saying. Like Mercury, That's what I was yeah. gonna say. Um, I mean, you know, none of them, none of those, none of those, none of those reached the heights of the tragically hip yeah, ca- uh, canon in any way, really, either. You know, so just to not just to say they credit. weren't good. It, no, not right. yeah, they good, of course but, not. Yeah. But but like if he was if he was such a like if it, if he, he was really such the driving force of this band, then he should have been able to just go off on his solo stuff, and all of that would have been like Michael Jackson, you know, almost Jackson better, part. you know, theoretically. Well, he 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 actually did. You know, you know when you're yeah. when you're a prolific you're a prolific songwriter, um, and you're an artist, you know, working with the same dudes. Uh, when you get into 20 years, it, you, you kind of are looking around for something else to do. Sometimes you write songs that simply just don't fit the blues rock of the tragically hip. You need something else. You, you know, sometimes as a lyricist or an artist, it's like you get into a room with some people you never work with and things start to happen. It gets exciting. Whether it wins or whether it fails yeah. is besides the point. It's the actual yeah. act of doing. And yeah. Downey's record, like I heard Coke Machine Glow, I said, like, I just don't get it. And part of it was because, well, I'm expecting another version of the Tragically Hip. And right. it's not. It's him working with some other dudes. It's just like some other people, some other musicians who he wants to hear. If When you listen to these guys talk about the bands that they look up to, they're out of our league. Like, we just don't know who these people are, you know? And that's kind of where his head is at a lot of the time. Um but, you know, we're talking about ancient history with Gordy, and he's no longer with us. It was just great to see him, see them on TV playing a great song, and they didn't – it, it wasn't mediocre. It was freaking great. So, it was. It, it how, was. How much, how much of that live video, like, seeing – so, Polly, you're, you're talking about you just bought a, a, a concert ticket. Yes. Recently, so you know what? No, it was weird. We'll get to that. We'll get to that for sure after okay. in a second. Right. The one, the one thing that I I, wa- I was gonna say was something about that performance. I'm not like I've never heard the song before. I wasn't like overcome by emotion, but watching it really, I didn't watch it live. But I, it, it is what it is. It's just not as close to my heart as as it is for you right. guys. But what I will say is, watching that, it had this. It had it. It felt 
almost like, you know, if you were going to make like a movie trailer or a teaser trailer for like what music may look like after COVID, like your te- if you're, if you're to write something, to get people excited about live music going into the, f- into the fall. I feel like that's kind of the vibe that I got there. I got excited, not so much even about the tragically hip, not so much about the feist, but just, just about live music in general, you know? And it was really cool. And I think a lot of people felt that cause you know, Everyone's been talking about it. Every literally everybody has been talking yeah. about that performance specifically. I haven't heard mention of anything else outside of that performance. But um, well, there was yeah, there were cool some point. great moments. That the 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 uh, the tribute to hip hop, Canadian hip hop was hip hop was the other thing that got the most talk on that show, and it was fun. You know, maybe you don't connect with awesome. Michimi and and Maestro <laughs> and. Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, it was it it was awesome. It mm-hmm. was fun. It was everything it was supposed to be, you know. And they didn't have to end with Drake, and they didn't have to end with the weekend. It was old school, early school Canadian rock or Canadian hip hop, excuse cool. me. And cool. it was really, really great. So yeah. Yeah, and, and, and some of the newer performances, you know, it was a clunky <laughs> show. It's almost expected. Yeah, but all well. But the thing is, is I was, well, yeah, yeah, it's, it it stumbles a little bit. I don't, I end up saying, I I just like, I care about what, you know, what's the music all about, you know? And if there's, if there's one criticism that came out and it comes in with every award show, I wish they would play you some of the music that's been nominated, (laughs) you know, but you, you get performances and you get some awards, which fly right by and then it's done. And so, you know, I use the Junos not as like, uh, I've got, let's like at the Oscars, I got my checklist. Who's going to win best actor. Uh, Okay. It's going to be this guy. And, you know, I don't have a score sheet for the Junos. I, it's a night yeah. of music discovery and a chance for me to catch up. I've got a lot of catching up to do. Yeah, <laughs> but that's okay, you know. But at the yeah. end of it, you get a, at, at the end of it, you Very get cool. a payoff like the hip and like the history of rap thing. So good on them. Yeah, I'm torn about the Junos and Canadian award shows in general because, um, because of our underdog sort of sentimentality about our talent and how we're underrecognized and so on and so forth, and the hip is a perfect example. You know, we, we want our artists to go out and show their best and everything else. And when they don't, and when they play off hits or uh, that sort of thing, I, I think that is what makes the show still distinctly and uniquely Canadian. Is that um, Canadian bands play to Canadian audiences. And that's, to me, what makes the Junos kind of special. Is that the, 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 the artists aren't using that as a springboard uh, to... Like, I, I don't think that the artists who, if the artists who were invited to play the Junos played the Grammys, I don't think they'd do Fair. the same show. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Okay. I, I, yeah. I, think, I, I think Canadian artists play to Canadian audiences entirely differently in a far less pandering Bieber, Bieber manner than they do to international audiences. High-end high performance. I don't know, man. So, you know what I mean? It was Grammy-worthy, I thought. Bieber was great, but, but I hear what you I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're Bieber saying. Bieber was will, great. They will play the B sides. Yeah, bit more. I thought Bieber was fantastic. Well, this, yeah, <sighs> the, the stylistic choices. I guess I don't I don't watch enough of I don't watch enough of award shows to really have any basis for that. But like, um, you know, 
I, I feel I I feel like the like I said the tragically hip was was the was the one thing that that really stole headlines. But but I I I never really Bieber was on there I and that, I never I even really heard the Juno, all that much. The Junos like, are like the CFL and the Grammys how, are like how is that NFL? possible? Like, how do they see, it has its keep... quirks and it, it's it's a good product? Yeah, and, you know what I mean. It, it, but it's, do you guys it's think they missed the mark? Oh, I'm careful way, about in that its one. own unique way, but it's not the same as it's not the same spectacle that is the NFL. You know what I mean? Okay, like, yeah. That, <laughs> there isn't. Yeah. That that's that's apple that's apples to oranges to me. Apples to oranges to me. You know what I mean? How's you can that? take a look at. You, well, I I think, um, um, I don't look at why are we why are we saying that you know um, the country artist we heard in the Juno Awards is wouldn't make it in the United States or is not as good as that's not fair. The only thing that counts is that these can't. artists matter they can't to make us. it in the States though. We have this great they wouldn't even like our lady peace. I'm, 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 I'm not I'm these are great fucking bands. You know they don't know who they are in the States. They don't care. Yeah, Paulie yes. don't don't yeah, don't misunderstand. I, I'm not saying that the bands aren't worthy. I'm just saying that bands that do become worthy from an international standpoint, would not play the same show at home as they would abroad. That's all. Okay. You know? Okay. Yeah, I think the talent. I'm not saying I'm right or you're wrong. I just think the show as a whole is not as it's not produced as. And what do you think? What do you think? What the difference would be? Like as epic of a of a thing. It doesn't have the huge duets that you get at the at the Grammys, where it's like two artists that you would never expect to be together doing a really like you know. I mean, I know they do duets at the at the 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 Junos as well, but not on as grand of a scale. Not like you know. I mean, the Rolling Stones are coming out and they're going to do a song with fucking Christina Aguilera. Like it just it doesn't have that cachet that that the Grammys does. The, the talent of Canadian Canadian music is phenomenal. Sure. Um, it's and it, it's it's a shame that it doesn't yeah, get you the know, love down in the states that it should. And they only know about Brian Adams because <laughs> there is more than that. But um, yeah, that's a shame. But the, the thing is, a lot of a lot a lot of these a lot of these international artists, these huge huge artists that we do have, they're never mm-hmm. around or available or there. Mm-hmm for juno night so what do you got like for instance before the junos they had a broadcast and they mm. did a highlight of called my Ju- my juno moment and there was a tr- they recalled the tribute to gord downey and going back to this and who did the tribute it was dallas green and it was sarah harmer and it was really good <laughs> yeah Chris, but it Chris wasn't <laughs> like yeah, taylor yeah. swift and ne- stevie nick singing together at the grammy awards right right but but it was Canadian. Sarah Harmer and the guys in the hip are like this. She is genuine. She's in sync with all their with Gord's um, Gord's uh, environmental concerns. Are she's a folk artist in her own right. And then you've got Dallas Green, who's got incredible teg- I think, integrity. I think my issue is that when it comes to great. music, I'm so not, a, I'm not a homer. Like, you know, it's not, nothing, yeah. If it's Canadian, I'm going to like nothing. it a little bit more than I do if it's American. I I just like good music. I like the best artists performing the best songs okay. and the best duets. So whether it's Canadian or not, mm, doesn't really matter to me too much. Good point. Yeah. I have one irk, one thing that irks me at the Junos is that they have an award for the best international album. <laughs> and won? I still don't understand why they do this. Me neither. Me neither. What does that mean? I, nope. 
Me neither. It, like, what is that? Cat- what is that? Ca- what is that category? Though? Yeah, Lipa it, it, it's, it's, category. it's all the big internationals. So it'll be like Billie Eilish <laughs> and uh, oh. whatever. It's it's yeah. an international artist that's getting it's getting recognized. And it, it's an, just, yeah, it's an international artist who's getting a phone call saying, "Hey, you want a Juno?" And they're going to sue for that one, or. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Like, yeah, like honestly, what do they care? So why are we why are we handing it out? Like Billie Eilish gives a shit if she won a Juno yeah. award. Yeah, for sure. Like honestly, yep. it, uh, sure she's sure sure it's it's a high honor, it's a Juno, but nobody outside of Canada like, can, make them Canadian and leave it distinctly Canadian. Yeah, which so is why like, I I, I kind of like this year's Junos. They were just, I mean, guys, you've got. Gordon Lightfoot introducing the tragically hip and Getty and Alex giving away the humanitarian. It doesn't get any more Canadian than that. They might as well have been doing the whole thing while playing fucking pond hockey. People slip away as trophies. Come on. It it was a beautiful thing. Uh Right? Like, come on. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. For, like gr- growing up, the 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 Canadian nostalgia play uh, never really did a whole lot for me. Like kind of lending what kind of lending with what Mark was saying. Like you know, I get that it's Canadian. I get that it's uh, you know it's local. It's celebrating stuff. I, I understand that there's probably a lot of my tax dollars that are funding it um, as well uh, by way of grants and stuff. But like at the end of the day, like I don't, I barely yeah. watch the Grammys. If you hardly, so, like, yeah. if you hardly like watch the NFL, find, like, like you're it's not, not watching relevant, the CFL. Really. You're like I'm you not really I mean? like, football it's enough not, to watch the I NFL. Like, you're not picking up and watching a BC Lions game. I don't know. I don't know how. Well. Like how I don't I don't know if the argument I, I just don't know if the argument should be like let's make this as Canadian as possible because That's like you know is that going to get the most eyes like like if you're trying are you trying like like is it like is it not just trying to make the best show are possible you trying to get the most Canadian eyes or the most platform That's really the question like you want the most viewers or, or the most it, overall you know what I mean? like. Viewers? You want eyes on it, you know? Yeah, if I'm an artist. Like, I want as many I mean? eyes on me as possible. Well, yeah, Polly, if you if you don't mind, Polly, if you don't mind, I'll step in. Uh, I'll step in here quickly. And 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 you started that with growing up, and it's not to say that we're all not grown ups. We are, but uh, there's there's an age difference here, right? Yeah, and I think in the era that I grew up in, yes, that there was sort of a need to stamp out like, hey, we're Canada and we do good things. By the time you guys were growing up uh, within music and within uh, actors and actresses and movies and uh, directors of movies and stuff, there were a lot more Canadians who were out there doing great things and uh, and I, I think that our, uh, my, my generation, my, my times need to say, hey, we're Canadian, we're doing great things, Re- required a much louder voice to say mm. that there's a lot of good shit going on here, right? Mm-hmm. Where, uh, like, uh, you know, throughout the, the, the 90s, the 2000s, and up to now, Canadians are, yeah. are I'm not going to say on par, but are, are a little... For sure, yeah. Uh, a little more synonymous with with 
international success. Some of the best yeah, athletes, right? some of the best there's, directors, there's like, for sure. We're, we're, we're up there now, like Absolutely. without you know. And, and I just think I just like, I just yeah. wish our award shows would yeah. show that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I grew up with Glass Tiger and Canadian. You art needed CanCon. You needed CanCon. Force it. Force like, fucking Canadian music. You know, so where it was like, oh, God. Good or not. Who gives a shit? Play it. Exactly. So since we're, since we're talking nostalgia and since we're oh, talking Canadian, awesome. I want to swerve into the comeback of much music. Exactly. Now, much music Perfect. is essentially so much music is dead, right? It is a channel that Massive streams team. on there. There are no VJs. <laughs> there's no George Strombolopoulos. There's no there's no Amazing. dance parties. Nothing. It's all coming back on July the seventh. What? Now, yes. It, this came out in a press conference today. Oh Bell God. Media uh, has teamed up with TikTok. For the relaunch of the Much Music brand and the revival and the revival of classic series such as Video on Trial, Intimate and Interactive, and the Much Music Spotlight, and so on and so forth. They now it is a. <laughs> I was going to say they, they, ju they just they just started defrosting Rick the Temp. He's going to be ready by like, <laughs> next week for the did they, tear down his, did they tear down his statue in front of Much Music the other day? <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my god! His, his his index fingers just like, like that right now. So there will somewhere there Erica M and Ziggy Lorenk are making out right now. <laughs> so I'm not sure there will be a lot of con. It, okay, it will exist on your on your cable stay on your cable feed if you have that, but also on social media and of course on TikTok, which is creator driven type of content. And of course they're going to kind of integrate that. The music industry's kind of turned upside down. If you watch the Junos closely and you did a little check, a lot of the artists that got nominated actually had their success because they were TikTok stars, kind of like Instagram stars and stuff like that. It is a big mover. We talked about TikTok on this show many, many Massive. times, and now it is something that's undeniable. But if you're much music and you say, okay, how can we re-engage with today's youth? TikTok is the answer. <laughs> Plus, for the, us old Bill folks, Media is not. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, Sorry. leave that... Leave that part out of it. It really okay. is going to be up to it's going to be up to the ingenuity of all these of all these people that know That's what awesome. the brand is and know what it was, and they are going to bring back a lot of those big features, uh, including some what they call some tentpole events, which means you know the you know like I remember going to see the Smashing Pumpkins playing in the parking lot of Much Music, freaking cool. Like Sorry. I love the I loved Much Music. Everything no, 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 go about ahead. I was, just yeah, was I great. Much, music, I much music was great. I yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay, no. What I was what is what I was going to say about much music is I I grew up with much music. I actually preferred it over MTV. I had both channels, so there's one. And I and I think that like just score one for Canada. But I think it was because it was a yeah, like pop up video. They had a lot of that. local music. They had all that stuff. They had some really cool shows. Um, yeah. From from Vancouver. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh. the, I was gonna oh, say pop up oh, wow. video. Um, that was much. They, that's actually MTV. <laughs> oh, Sorry, guys, MTV? that's MTV. Wow. Yeah, it is. Yeah. MTV okay. is Cribs. 
they licensed it, you know. What about Crib? <laughs> exhibit is Canadian, right? Is Exhibit so, Canadian? So, 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 yeah, dude, here's it, like the the key thing about Much is it was an extension of what City TV used to do. Yeah. It was on the yes. street. So if a band came in, they opened up the windows, and you could, if you're a kid, you come downstairs yeah. and you could stare in and see your fave new band. That was exciting and it was awesome. The traffic on Queen Street, depending upon the artist, would be just chaos. It's like that's what a great video music station would do. 100%. I hope they do it. I'm not sure if the artists will participate. It's a wait and see how they do it. But I'm excited by it. Polly, who dragged Dennis Leary into a broom closet to smoke cigarettes? I don't know. Do you remember yeah. that? No. That, that, that? No. But that's the sort of thing that made much music magic, was yeah. that they would even take international artists in and they could get no other, uh, no treatment like that. Anyway, I, I remember, I, I and yeah. I, I'll look it up when we're done. Somebody yeah. dragged Dennis Leary when Dennis Leary had the asshole song out. And Dennis Leary was all the rage and he came into much music. And somebody, one of the VJs, dragged him because he said, I want to smoke. And somebody dragged him into a closet with a camera and, and a black light and, and let him smoke in there and con continued to conduct the interview. If, if, if Bell Media ugh, and TikTok can pull off what much, much music used to be, It'll win. It'll it'll do well. Much music used gonna, to be an incredible channel. It really, I, I, it I, really was. I just don't think you're going. We're going to see the main floor of Queen Street where no. where that institution is held. Op throw open the windows again. I think it'll be different. Um, but you know, this is to appeal to a new generation of fans, not us guys you know what i mean although sure we enough. definitely will all be checking their stuff out online will i be actively sitting here leaving my television on to much music to see what's going to happen next like i used to no i'm not it's going to be something i'm going to see on my on my computer screen or on my phone sure but it could be great you know i they, they say they're going to bring back intimate and interactive i went to a whole bunch of them they are so exciting to be in you know it's like you're in a studio audience and there's my chemical romance i saw kid rock with joe c in the intimate and interactive it was yeah. just blew the doors off blew the windows off the whole thing it was so exciting you know i was just about so. to mention the kid rock performance because i remember watching that at home and i remember him basically during the live performance correct me if i'm wrong maybe this is another performance but didn't he just like run the run the gauntlet on every instrument that was being played yep. at that time like he uh, went he from just, like like the keyboards he does like a keyboard solo he kicked the drummer out of the drum kit and did like a drum solo he was going off i remember that one that was because I was yeah, I was that, really I was really into that. That was during my big Kid Rock phase. Sure, that, that was the Devil Without a Cause record. Yeah, it was so exciting. So, you know, that's the magic of music that's missing. You know, having a video stream and watching old videos. Yeah, okay, that's fine. But it just you know it's nothing. And what the to me was always the connection between the VJ and the musicians and stuff like that that really kind of made it in some of those conversations. Yeah. You don't get, you don't get that anywhere anymore. You don't even get it on radio anymore. And I hope they no, bring well, a little much, bit back. Yeah, much music of the VJs in those interviews were just an extension of radio with cameras. That's all right. they were. That's right? all it was. But yeah. you know, in you know, there was this time when you got when you had smart people like like Strombo and then all of a sudden the VJs were more models. 
you know, now it's about how, the clothes that they are wearing and how they looked. All due credit, they ended up being really good. But at first I said, who are you and what do you, you know, you don't know nothing. And I expected a certain type of, I was thinking they should fall in the tradition of the old people, but kids don't care about that stuff. They obviously, you know, they moved on and I didn't. Cool. <laughs> but anyways, was, so uh, much music about, coming uh, back apparently on July the 7th, at, only a month uh, away. Much music and I'll check it out. those out. And I remember when I was uh, just a young lad having a tent pole event of myself, my own, myself with uh, watching some much music when they had Electric Circus used to be. I don't know if you guys remember the Electric Circus. Excuse me. But uh, Monica Diol, yes, was the what? host. And it was, uh, it was a, oh, so I was probably circus. like Monica Diol. 14 and I'm watching, you know, I mean, 19, Ooh. 20 year old girls dancing and believe that was the first time that I, <laughs> no, I actually, uh, my, my dad caught me. That was, that was one time ever that I got caught electric circusing myself. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, <laughs> I'm, ex I'm excited to see what comes back. <laughs> that was my much music tent pole event. <laughs> Electric oh, circusing yeah. myself. Yeah. Oh, it's hilarious. I don't yeah. believe it. Some, 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 yeah, some love. Two electric circuits. And, uh, there you go. Electric circuit. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. And caught in the act. Right? <laughs> yeah. Some people use Cosmo magazine. Some people, some people have hot granny. Some people have electric circuits. Friday night at 930. That's how it works. <laughs> so what did you do? Did you like so? So you said you got caught watching electric. There circus. was no you, like, dance move. Or something? <laughs> that would have accounted. I'm using that corn buttering thing that you fucking showed me earlier today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm doing the worm, Dad. I'm doing the worm. Oh. Right now. That would have been a slick. That would have been a slick Google play if you'd been able to. <laughs> Mom and I are having a tickle a fight. Having <laughs> yeah, a dance well. party for one. What I did? Oh man, that's, that's <laughs> clearly. Like yeah, you were too, you were too young. I never really like understood the circus, but I feel like I was <laughs> too young. Unacceptable. I, I must have been fourteen. <laughs> quite obviously, normal. I must have been too young. That's great. That's great. No, that's yeah, for sure. I hear, I hear that. Every the thing, it's it's funny because now, yeah. I mean, it's just all internet, right? Like Fucking all these right. kids have is just bombarded with internet and stuff. But like back then, it was it was literally like the seer, yeah. <laughs> and if you're lucky to have a TV in a private room, you know what I mean? Like it was electric, electric jerkus, <laughs> electric jerkus. <laughs> <laughs> what was Ben's Ben? You were talking about. I don't. I don't think. I don't think you were talking about jerking off per se in this conversation. But you were talking. I remember you were talking about like an like a. No, you didn't drop it. But I. I. I mean, it was. Yeah. It was the. It was the. It was you between the line of the sub. It was in the subtext of the conversation, and you were talking about like some fucking. Like like uh, exercise <laughs> show that was always on at like fucking eleven o'clock at lunchtime or some shit. What was that? <laughs> Paul, have you missed this? Oh, Jesus. no. <laughs> yes, I missed this. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, Paul was like, that? Oh. He, didn't, he, he, he was, he was yeah. talking about. I know. I think I know what you're talking about. Was on at lunch. Thing. It was. And like, it, had, uh, it was. Well, like, it was a workout like, show. No, nobody ever. Yeah. <laughs> it was a workout show that was on at lunch. Yeah. For, <laughs> and that was that was exactly yeah, was like for folks like myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 20 minute workout. 20, 20 minutes. The 20, Jesus. The 20, the 20 minute workout. <laughs> Don't get me started on the 20 minute workout. Uh, oh, shit. I, 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 thought, I thought you were talking about, I, I think I it was called body, body break or something like that. And it had just, it had <laughs> just a bunch Lord. of models working out. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, good old lunch programming. But yeah. No, no yeah. So no. it wasn't body break. It wasn't Joanne McLeod. No, there that's the 20 body. minute workout. Body, no, body no, break was with Al was and Paul Damn it. That yeah, there's nothing sexy. Of, there's, there's nothing sexy about body break. No. 20 minutes. <laughs> too much time. The 20 minute yourself. workout. I guarantee you. I'll send it to you. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just archived. Yeah. <laughs> Polly, what else? You've been looking off to the side like these guys are going to shut uh, up. I, I, you guys are making me Fair. really uncomfortable. I can't talk about right this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you, just, know? you know, there's certain things I want to weigh in on. Like, yeah, let's talk hockey, but uh, you know, Mark being a 14 year old, bunch of electric you know, circus. I think I'll just leave that with you guys. All right. Yeah. No, not so, you guys. Uh, we'll leave that with Mark. Move on. So, so uh, Chris mentioned. Chris mentioned that, nice. you know, watching the hit play live kind of said, hey, it, a lot of things feel like they're coming back. And this week I bought concert tickets. I bought I bought uh, tickets to see the Glorious Sons play at the Meridian Center in St. Catharines. And I felt really great about it because it's like, yeah, I've got something really something to look forward to. It's yeah. coming back now. February. What is that? That's like uh Eight months from now, I don't care. Yeah. You we know have, what I mean? We have Kaleo tickets that we'll be able to so, I think it's February it, it, it as well next year. It felt great to say five concert, concert date. So, yeah, yes. I'm excited about that, too. Are they Even doing... Though... Okay. Cool. Paul, Paul, I don't want to throw you off, but somebody was telling me the other day that the, the, the Glorious, uh, Glorious Sons with this upcoming tour are doing... Something with cryptocurrency or something uh, as a different means of paying for tickets or well, there yeah. there are no I, no it wasn't that it was it was a it was some sort of pass that you could buy that would get you into either one of their shows or get you in virtually where you could pretty much see every show they did. Do you know anything about this? Um, no, I don't. I'm embarrassed to tell you that I don't know that given a lot of things. I actually have their, the, the Glorious Sons Union app on my phone and okay. I get, so it's a fan club type of thing. And I have to admit, I don't pay attention to a lot of stuff. A lot of it is incentives to buy, which really annoys me. I said, dudes, you know, just give me rock music, you know. Hey, if I yeah. buy if I buy a T-shirt and I buy a trinket and I buy a vinyl album, I get 10 points so I can unlock this performance of this song. And that's where I'm out, you know. But this week they had a password so I could buy tickets for this upcoming tour in advance and that's what a fan club stuff is supposed to do as for the cryptocurrency stuff i don't know you know maybe a vip exclusive thing i don't know that i'll look into that one i, I, I don't know if it was cryptocurrency talking. but there's something they're doing that is unique in the new uh 
the new concert purchasing experience. Interesting. Where there's some sort of pass that I, I, I'm again, it was just a conversation in passing, but there's something very different that they're doing that when I heard it, I thought that's probably going to be the new way of concerts. Ooh, and, I hope uh, not. In, in, well, I hope not too, but in, in the same way that, you know, Ticketmaster was a new way of purchasing concert tickets. It kind of sounds like that. Like, the more you spend, the more entitled you are, the, the more access you have. I have some homework to do. I'll look into all of this, yeah. okay? Yeah, oh. sure. Yeah, oh, fair yeah. enough. You could you tell me this if this is new or not. Uh, a friend of mine bought tickets recently, and, and, and he posted on social media that he saw that Ticketmaster was charging more money for aisle seats. Have you ever seen anything like that? Not aware like that of that one. So that's no, new, I'm not so aware that's of that one too. So I would be really, it'll be really interesting to see how Ticketmaster comes back to try to monetize these things again because I think I think we're going to be shocked by the level at which they're going to try to squeeze out. If the there's any company, money. Yeah, yeah, in the NFL. if there's any company that can monetize something, it's Ticketmaster. Oh, yeah. They are they are well, the overlords of monetization. So the glorious sun. Sh- the Glorious Sun Show in St. Catharines just sold out, and now they're selling resale seats. The yeah. t- my ticket price was seventy dollars, um, and that's pretty good. And that's that's about the right price. In yeah. and it's in a, it's in a smallish, in a more intimate arena. It's in the lower bowl, so like that's pretty good for a good Canadian band, right? The resale seats are worth four times that, and. You know, but that's just the that's the nature of the beast now these days. In in, anyways, yeah. What can I is say? It, is anyone as concerned as I am that when concerts come back, that Ticketmaster and the like, but primarily Ticketmaster, I'm, are I'm, going I'm, to exploit people's desires to get out to see a live show? Yeah, that's what I'm and saying. Up the ante that much more. It's going to be bad. And just make it that much yeah, more I inaccessible. I think restaurants are going to be worse. Like like Paul, like me, like all of us who just want to go see a good, use a good restaurants show, all time. A good I go live show. Way more than I Selling go to concerts. Well, I think that's going to hate me more because they're going to they're going to gouge. Restaurants are going to be bad. Restaurants are going to be rough. It's kind of shitty, but. Mm. Oh, they're brutal. I don't know what to say about that. We can Ticketmaster is a whole of the whole other argument. It's mm. it is it owns the business. Live Live Nation owned all the halls. Um, Ticketmaster. I mean, Pearl Jam classically fought them and lost yeah. uh, because Pearl Jam tried to go out do it on their own, and they ended up having sketchy arenas, uh, different ticket uh, retailers in every city, um, customers were, it just was a big fail. The one thing about Ticketmaster is that it works. You know, it doesn't matter where you are. The hard thing is that if you want to see a show that everybody wants to see, then it gets really, really hard. But Sorry, go ahead. As, it, as it is with the biggest artists, there are more people that want to see this artist than there are seats in the hall. So what are you going to do? And we can get into the whole thing about, oh, half the seats are gone or they're already allocated to all these other parties. And the number of seats that actually go on sale in the arena is about 50 or 60 percent. That's ludicrous. But that's business, you know. And what I, am I going to do about that? I agree. But I think somewhere down the road, some – uh, enterprising 
documentarian will look at how Ticketmaster came to be. Because you say now, Ticketmaster works. Before there was Ticketmaster, the system that we pine for worked. It worked. You know, you could get Ticketmaster through various ticket agents, and, and it, all, it all worked. It did. So how is it that it came to be? So Pearl Jam to me is is uh, it, it, it? the Pearl the Pearl Jam dispute with Ticketmaster to me is a real watermark. It, it, it is it is it is uh, it's an event that really altered the course of how we per, we purchase uh, live events, uh, the right to go see live events. It really stood out, and I thought when it happened, I thought Pearl Jam finally is going to take back. Take back something. It it did. It failed miserably. Why did it fail miserably? How did that happen? Because all well, the seeds were there. Everything was there to work for the ticket purchasing process to be handed back to the consumer as opposed to a monopoly who has their hands on all the tickets. Okay. So in the old days, I lined up, well, this goes way back, I lined up to get tickets the only way to get tickets was to line up and get the machine machine <laughs> right or that there were three retailers in the city of toronto and you had to line up outside of sam the record man to get them i slept over i so elton john was coming to town back in the heyday and i slept across the street from maple leaf gardens lining up to get tickets and then all of a sudden at about Seven o'clock in the morning, everybody got up out of their campsite across the street from the gardens, which was an open lot at the time, and ran across and lined up in front of Maple Leaf Gardens for the box office. The box office opens, and I'm feeling pretty good. I'm standing at the corner of Carlton and um, Church. Yep. So I can see the front marquee, and I figured, well, I see probably about 400 people in front of me. I got a pretty good chance. I get obstructed greens. The, the rumor going on is that the first the first six people in the front of the line uh, bought all the floor seats. They were scalpers. You know, so what do you do about that? That's the old-fashioned way of doing it. They used to be – and here's the thing is that is that these artists that are selling tickets, it's, it's easier for them to have them put on sale online. We buy everything online. The thing about online is, is it doesn't. You don't have to be in the city where the concert is. You can be in. You can be in Baghdad and buy a pair of tickets to see the Glorious Sons in St. Catharines. Yep. And that's where it gets tough. And that same person in Baghdad can turn around and resell those tickets for four times the cost. Yep. What are we going to do? And it's a long, long argument. And it's it's frustrating. Yeah, maybe the best thing to do is they sell them in person and tough luck if you're not off work that day tough luck if you don't have a credit card where you can trace your you know your sale back to your card so when you go in you have to show your credit card just it's tough i know that springsteen you know he always empathized he always empathized with fans he realized that some people had more money and more access and a, a greater ability to have four computers in front of themselves so they could purchase tickets online. And what he used to do very quietly is he used to hold back about 2,000 seats and put them up on sale the day of the show for the fans that missed out. 
And I always thought that was kind of cool, you know, but not every artist does that. Most of them, a lot of them are doing virtual fan campaigns. You work through Ticketmaster and you subscribe and you pay. And so when your favorite artist goes on sale, you're the first to get in. You've got a two day notice to do it. And uh, so that if you're a diehard fan of the bar band, you're going to get first shot at those tickets. But it's tough, man. Yeah, it's tough, but I'm glad. I'm going to a concert, man, in February, Exciting. and I'm really, really excited. And I'm happy yeah. for you. Yeah. And that's a good band to go see. Definitely. Yep, they are a really exciting live. So. They kick they ass. Are. It's going to be a great crowd, too, probably. You know, I couldn't imagine what it would be like to be in an arena full of people watching a rock band again. Jesus. That's it. That's yeah. it. That's you know? just it. Yep, Chris, you oh, said it. Hell yeah. You said it. I, I need to be in a group of people who I could smell the stink and sweat off of somebody else. And for once, I'm going to go say, it's okay. <laughs> go yeah. right ahead. Yeah, exactly. Tell, tell me, tell me, you're not going to have more tolerance for the asshole at the concert. <laughs> You know, you somebody's before. Gonna, you know, somebody's, you're gonna probably gonna embrace the guy. Like hey, somebody's somebody's gonna spill a beer on me, and I can hardly wait. You know? <laughs> yeah, used to annoy the hell out of you, and now I say, yeah, yep. concerts, man. Back to normal. Some some messed out kid's <laughs> gonna puke on my seat just before the show, and I can be like, hey, hey awesome. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. Exactly. I, have one, I have one final story for you, and it's yep. uh, the, there's a, a movie festival that takes place in New York City called the Tribeca Festival. It's De Niro's <laughs> festival. There's a whole bunch of music movies. There's one with Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys. Aha! <laughs> have a movie coming out about Aha! Who really cares? Hello, but the, one that, but the one that caught nice. my eye is the one that's on Rick James. It's called Bitchin', The Sound and Fury of Rick James. Um, yeah. When you think, I should have really started by saying that when you think Smokey of Motown Robinson. music, what do you think? What's the first group of artists or sound come to your mind? Marvin Gaye. Sure. Uh, Diana Ross Sup and the Supremes. I, yeah, the you Supremes, know, the Temptations, the Four Tops, Stevie Wonder, Smokey yeah, Robinson, right? The same person. Did, did you know that <laughs> Neil Young was signed to Motown in a band with Rick James? No. Yeah. So, 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 so Neil Young, of course, we know Neil Young, and Rick James, of course, is the guy that gave us Super Freak, right? They were in a band together in Toronto. So Rick James is from Buffalo, and in the day back in the mid-1960s, he had to report to um, the Navy Reserve twice a month. He didn't like it. He was like, this is just not my scene. So he escaped to Canada. And he changed his name to Ricky James Matthews. Ricky James Matthews. And, he, and being a musician, a soul singer, he hung out in Toronto. And sure enough, he bumps into Neil Young and a guy named Bruce Palmer. And they form a band called the Minor Birds. And the Minor Birds get signed to Motel. So they record a couple of songs and you can uh -huh. find them online. But then there's a dispute between the guys in the band and their manager and he outs rick james and reports him to the states that this guy is taken on a different name and he's a bit of a draft dodger and he's living north of the border so rick james drops everything and runs 
and the deal with Motown is dropped. Neil Young and Bruce Palmer get in the hearse and they travel to Los Angeles and they form the Buffalo Springfield, if you know that story. But at one time, Rick James and Neil Young recorded together on Motown Records. It never saw the light of day, but you can find the tracks online. Yeah. And that's definitely going to be a chapter in the new Rick James movie called Bitchin', The Sound and Fury of Rick James. She's a very kinky girl out on the weekend. That's pretty good. And you wouldn't take her home to mama. Enough. Enough. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Black Sheep Radio with Ben McVie, Mark LaFave, and Chris Brown. Join the conversation at BSR Podcast on Facebook and at Radio underscore Sheep on Instagram and Twitter.